The Invincible Teams podcast is powered by Evergreen. Evergreen provides teamwork, training, and consulting to help your team thrive in every season. If you want to have a team that makes other leaders jealous, get started by going to their website in the show notes and scheduling your free consultation today. Welcome to Invincible Teams, a podcast for team leaders and business owners who are tired of dealing with drama and politics, high turnover, and teams not meeting their potential. We know that team leaders and business owners like you are pretty much always under pressure to get the most out of your teams. And we believe that every team should reach their potential and that if we get intentional, our teams can become invincible. Welcome back to the Invincible Teams podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Mayfield. Here's the reality that we are in. The world of work is different, more different now than it has ever been. More teams are working remotely now uh, than ever, and many don't plan on going back. Now, there's a ton of advantages to this model, but if you've done it for more than a few days, you know that there are also some huge challenges. My guest today is Kevin Eikenberry, and he has been doing remote work and leading remote teams for much longer than most of the rest of us. And he has a new book out called The Long Distance Teammate. And today on the podcast, we talk about some of the most common struggles remote teams have and what you can do about it. Here's my interview with Kevin Eikenberry. All right, Kevin Eikenberry, welcome to Invincible Teams Podcast. How are you? Oh, I'm fantastic. I'm glad to, glad to be here. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Well, I'm excited to have you here. I know we're going to jump in soon and talk about uh, your book, one of a few books around the topic. Uh, but I, I'm just before we do that, I want our listeners to hear a little bit about who you are and what you do. So give us a, a little intro. Well, I'm in the business, and my, our organization is in the business of helping leaders and teams be more effective so they can make a bigger positive difference in the world. And the, and the more leaders and teams that we can reach, then we're me- reaching our mission, Ryan. And, and uh, I grew up on a farm. And so I grew up learning how to grow crops and animals. And now I'm in the business of growing people. Yeah. Well, that's um, a lot of overlap there. I, I love to see just kind of teams and, and leaders, like you said, grow. And I actually also grew up on a farm, uh, which a lot of people may not know about me, but uh that's, I'm just glad to have you here and glad to talk about this, uh, this work that you've been doing and the book that you, uh, is it just now coming out? Is it a brand new book? Is that right? Yeah, The Long Distance Teammate came out in January. So it's, it's brand new. You know, when the pandemic started everyone, and people started hearing about this book, they said, oh, how great your book's coming out in January. January. I'm like, no, how much I wish it were coming out in June of last year, right? right? Um, right. Or April of last year. But um, yeah, it came out in January and, uh, we've been, uh, helping a lot of people think about it and, and we've been working on these concepts and working with teams and leaders of those teams for a long time. Um, and, and we're happy to have the book out. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you and I were talking a bit before we started recording and that was kind of the thing that I said was you've been doing this since before it was trendy, right? The remote leadership thing. Uh, and so what got you into that in the first place? How, how'd you get started on that when everybody else was focused on, teams meeting in office buildings and all that? Well, largely because I had a remote team. Uh, so I've had a remote team in part. Actually, to be most accurate, I've largely had a hybrid team. Some people mm-hmm. here, the rest not, uh, for a decade. And uh, as the team has grown, it's become more and more remote. Uh, at, 
you know, as folks um, that we hired were in different locations or moved. And um, I actually have one of the members of my team that lives and has for a year, about 15 months now, lives and works in an RV. And uh, mm. she informed me, she says, we're going on the road and uh, I hope you don't mind. I'm like, my wife said, what can you say about it? You talk about remote work all the time. How can you tell her no? Which I wouldn't have anyway. I mean, obviously we had some conversation about expectations and some of those things, but but sure. yeah, I've got folks spread out across the country and have had for a long time. And so we got into this work because we were doing it. And so in our work with leaders, it would come up and we would start to talk about it. And then uh, several years ago, I uh, was working with Wayne Tremell, the co-author of this book, and we formed the Remote Leadership Institute and then subsequent to that, I bought his company and he, so he's a part of our team. Uh, but he had been working with virtual communication, virtual presentations, virtual uh, meetings for a long time. And what we did was we brought together that expertise and that knowledge, Ryan, with our, our experience in this area, along with the, the, the remote leadership component of it to form the Remote Leadership Institute. Yeah. So are you just living in a, a, a dream world right now where everybody else is kind of catching up on technology and all the just strategies with remote team leadership? Is it the exponential growth in that right now must be exciting for you? Well, I would say a couple of things. Uh, I haven't been on an airplane since March the 4th of last year, and that's the longest in my professional life, uh, my adult life that I haven't been on an airplane. And I've never been, I, I've never been as busy. I don't really like that word, mm -hmm. but I've never been as busy as I've been uh, in the last number of months. So from that perspective, that's true. But I will say this, that while we were doing it before and while we already had, you know, most of the systems and processes, Ryan, to be successful at doing it, that everyone else has had to try to figure out <coughs> over the, mm -hmm. nearly the last year, <coughs> excuse me, uh, the reality is that there's two things that you've all been experiencing. And that is, how do we do this all remotely plus COVID, right? Like mm -hmm. what I call the COVID layer that's sitting on top of it. And let me just say this, <clears throat> that while we had a lot of the remote work stuff in pretty good shape, mm -hmm. we experienced the COVID layer too. And so I had team members that mm -hmm. really struggled for some times during the, the last year uh, because, you know, there was another layer of stuff. A and so mm -hmm. while yes, we were ahead and have probably been ahead of that curve, doesn't mean it's been all uh, unicorns and roses for us either. Sure. Well, so I was looking at, you know, you've got this new book, The Long Distance Teammate. You've got one previous that's The Long Distance Leader. Mm -hmm. um, and as I was kind of looking at different resources for this, and not just the long distance thing, but leadership and, and teams in general, uh, it seems to me that the number of resources for leaders far outweighs the resources for teams, right, and teammates. Um but you've written something for teammates and for teams. So why do you think that's so important to make sure that there's resources for that uh, group as well? Well, I mean, it, it's critical. So I know that the, that most of all of us, and most everyone that's listening to us, Ryan, are leaders, right? And, and yet mm -hmm. we're here talking about teams. So let me just say this first, that as a leader, you're also a teammate. And, and mm -hmm. we'll get to that word teammate that we picked for the title of the book in just a sec. But uh, we have to recognize, in fact, if I mean, if it's your company like me, uh, then you know you're on a team, perhaps. But if you're a leader in, a, in any sort of larger organization, you're on at least two teams. You're on the team that you lead and the team of your peers. And so, even as leaders, we should be thinking about our role when we put on our teammate hat. It, it's critical. And so, I, I don't know. There is so much that's been written, continues to be written about leadership. Maybe it's sexier. Maybe the 
you know, from a business perspective, you know, you can, you can, you can sell training for leaders at a higher price point than you can for teams, I, I guess, in some ways. But um, the need for our teams to grow and the need for us to be able to help individual teammates teammates get ready for the transition to being a leader, Mm -hmm. which is another area that I've written a lot about in in our book from bud to boss is critical. So as a leader, we need to be thinking about how do we help our teams grow and how do they be successful? We can't do it all by ourselves anyway. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, so as you've seen this transition of the world, you know, into uh, a much more remote work friendly uh, environment, what do you think are some of the biggest things that people are struggling with, uh, with that right now? Well, uh, it, it's a it's a list that we've heard over and over and over, uh, and there's there are different things that leaders there are some of the things that are different that leaders are struggling with than the teammates. Let's talk about the teammates. Teammates are struggling with. Uh, I, I don't necessarily feel the sense of identity that I did before. I certainly don't have the level of connection uh, and collaboration uh, and trust that I had with my teammates and with my boss that perhaps that I had before. Uh, I feel isolated. I feel alone. Uh, I, I, I think I ought to be more productive, but perhaps I'm really not. Um, and I've got a new set of distractions to deal with. And let's just be honest. I'm working in a place that was designed for living. I used to work in a place that was designed for working, right? Now I'm working in a place that wasn't designed for that. Plus I'm doing more than that in that spot. So there's a bunch of stuff. And I think those are some of the common things, Ryan, that we've heard over and over and over, both pre and post COVID. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, I mean, I know it's maybe a bigger question than than you can really fully flush out right now, but maybe what's just one or two things, uh, kind of low-hanging fruit for people that are struggling with stuff like that? Well, the first thing is we've got to stay connected. You know, uh, a year ago, as you and I were having this conversation, I don't know that I'd ever heard of the phrase social distancing before, and I'd really hope to never hear it again the rest of my right. natural born life. Uh, and, and, and the reason for that is that it's the wrong phrase. Hmm. The right phrase is physical distancing. Hmm. And okay. what's happened is while we've been physically distanced, we've become socially distanced. And so if I were to say low-hanging fruit, what we need to do is be working to create, build, maintain, grow, nurture, whatever word you want to use, our relationships with our teammates. Hmm. Uh because that will help in a number of areas. It can help us with trust. It can help us with collaboration. It can help us with a number of the, it can help us with isolation and loneliness. It can help us with a bunch of the stuff that we mentioned earlier, right? Mm -hmm. And and here's the thing, Ryan, that's happened. Uh, The thing that's happened is that if you ask people what they, what they do now, here's what they say. I work from home. Hmm, yeah. Okay. Well, what, do you, what is your work, right? Well, I'm a member of a team. Well, we use the word teammate because we believe that there's a big difference between working from home and being a remote teammate. And being a teammate means what? To us, it's different to be a teammate than to be a team member. Like you can put me on the team, mm-hmm. but if I'm a teammate, then that I have a level of care. I have a level of commitment. I have a level of interest in my teammates. And so the low hanging fruit is think about still be a teammate, reach out to people, create more interactions and not just transactions. Hmm. Right. And too often right now, what we're doing is the equivalent of picking up our phone and saying, Hey, Ryan, I know you're busy. I just need a second. Thanks. I appreciate it. Bye. Now, whether we did that on the phone or whether we did that, um, you know, electronically, that's just a transaction and we need to transact the business. But what about the connection? What about the relationship? You know, that's that one thing. While that's not the whole story, you asked for low hanging fruit. 
that's yeah. probably where I start. So as I'm hearing you say that, I'm trying to put myself in the mind of a business owner, a team leader, and, and I hear them saying something like, okay, but how much of that is my responsibility, right? Like, isn't my responsibility <laughs> just to manage my people that they get their work done? Why do I need to put my time, energy, money, effort, and focus into making sure that they have social connection with each other? Shouldn't they do that for themselves? Well, two things. First of all, maybe they should, but they won't uh, necessarily. And, and second of all, why do you care about that? Because every good business outcome will grow because of that. You'll have less turnover. You'll have higher levels of engagement and commitment. You'll have higher productivity. You'll have less conflict. You'll have greater productivity. You'll have less rework. You'll have better communication. We could go right on down the line. People don't have to become best friends at work, but the reality is before the pandemic, Ryan, 60% of people's social interaction was at work. And so right now we have an epidemic of loneliness mm -hmm. and isolation. And if people are having some sort of emotional challenges mm -hmm. related to their work today, they can't be as productive as you need them to be. So we could take it on sort of that level mm -hmm. and say, mm -hmm. don't discount this. You're a small business owner. You're trying to keep your doors open. I realize that, but you want all of your team with you mm -hmm. to help keep mm -hmm. the doors open and, yeah. and you need them to feel connected to each other and to you as well. So that's the first part of this. And the second part about this, I will say is, is that if you, if you buy that, that, okay, that's important. And I hope that you do. Mm -hmm. Then the second part of that is they're not going to do the things that we just talked about unless you're doing it. Hmm. So my question is, are you staying connected? Do you know what's going on with them? Are you being empathetic? Are you doing more than just talking about the work? If you're not, they likely won't either because they'll assume, well, that's not what we're supposed to do. I'm just supposed to keep my head down, do my right. stuff. But if you open your conversations by asking people how they're doing or talking about the ball game like you used to do in the office or whatever it is, right? Yeah. Wishing them a happy birthday, uh, knowing that it's their spouse's birthday. I've got a team member whose spouse's birthday is today. Like knowing that, like if you're doing that stuff, then it's more likely that they will too, because they're seeing you do it in action. Here's the, here's the fact, Ryan, as leaders, we are role models. Hmm. The only question is, are we modeling what we want them to follow sure. or not? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're watching. Even though we're at a distance, they're still watching. Right. Well, and it's, you're giving them permission, right? Is kind of what well, you're, you're saying. Well, you're, you're giving them permission at, at a minimum. But I think what we really want to be doing is creating an expectation, right? Mm. This, is, this is, listen, I'm not talking about 45 minutes of chatting about the Super Bowl necessarily, yeah. right? I, I, I'm saying that, it's an expectation that we do more than just the work. Yeah. Uh, I love I'm that, the, the difference between permission and expectation. That's, that's really, really great because, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. If it's just permission, then it's still kind of optional. And when you have a bunch of things on your plate, then that's one of the things that gets pushed to the side. Uh, and so I love that kind of raising the bar from permission to expectation, right? So, I guess what strikes me with some of that stuff is so much of that social interaction that people used to have with their teammates happened by accident, right? You just happen to be walking by their office. You happen to be in the break room at the same time. You happen to be by the proverbial water cooler, right? Um, but none of it happens by accident anymore. You have to be intentional with it. So how should teams navigate that? What's it look like to be intentional with that kind of interaction in a remote world? Yeah, intentional is a key word. The other word we use in the book is the word being proactive. 
right? Like it's not, you used, you used the word, it's, we're not going to have accidental, incidental uh, at the coffee pot, walking in from the parking lot, down the hallway. We're not going to have those things. So here's the thing. Sometimes we remembered things because we saw them. I saw you in the hallway and said, oh, Ryan, I need to talk to you about this. So when we notice, when we remember that now, we need to write it down and we need to send people a note, instant mm. message, whatever you're using to say, hey, when have you got a second, Ryan, so we can talk about this. So we can then replicate that, right? Uh, and so we have to be proactive. If we're sitting there as teammates waiting for, well, someone really ought to, that someone should be you, right? Why can't you be the one that says, hey, we need to talk about this, or here's a challenge, or here's what the situation is, or I noticed this on the calendars. I think there could be a problem. Let's talk about it. You can send the quick note. Hopefully at this point, you're using Microsoft Teams, you're using Slack, you're using something for instant messaging, sure. where you can pop a note to people, or you can pick up the phone and call someone, whatever. Or, mm-hmm. or what we would do would be pop them the note and say, hey, I need five minutes. When's a good time today for us to do that? And yeah. so you could actually argue that if we all start to do that, that we can maintain some of what we used to have, it'd actually make us more productive because there'll be less actual interruptions, right? Mm. It's much less of an interruption for me to send you that quick note in Slack, which is a tool we use mm-hmm. and say, hey, when, Ryan, when do you have five minutes today? Then to stop by your office and say, do you have a minute? Because yeah. you're going to say yes to that and it might not be the right minute. Mm. Yeah. Well, that that jumps onto what I was going to ask about next. And that is, I think there's this hesitation, right? Of like, ah, I don't want to interrupt them. I don't know what they're doing. This probably isn't a good time. I bet they're busy. Um, and so you mentioned like, hey, do you have five minutes? But is it as simple as that? I think it's as simple as that. Because see, before we didn't think about it, we didn't even think, well, I shouldn't ask them. I mean, sometimes we walked by their cubicle and saw that they looked buried in the spreadsheet and we didn't. But for the most part, we didn't think about it. We just did it. Right. And all I'm saying is when you think about it now, ask it. Mm. That's what I'm saying. I think it's really in many. Now, will it, is it ever exactly the same over Zoom? as it is in, you know, face-to-face. It's not, I understand right. that. Right. But, you know, when I was a kid, AT&T advertised for long distance calling and they called it back when there was this thing, you paid extra, right? You're, you're <laughs> yeah, old enough yeah. remember that, right? And, and, and so, and they called it, they said, it's the next best thing to being there. Well, when you didn't have a webcam, it was the next best thing to being there. The next best thing to being there right now is our webcams. And so whether we use the phone or whether we get on a webcam with people, um, it's not the same as across the table leaning over the cubicle wall, but it's a whole lot better than waiting and wondering. Yeah. And we need to still be doing it. And so you use the word intentional. I love that word. Uh, as leaders, we must be intentional. As team we must be intentional. We must be proactive. Just ask the question. And I think in many cases, it, it is as simple as that. It can also be going into a Slack channel and we have a channel that we call the water cool mm, channel. That's good. And saying, hey, anyone have time for five minutes for a coffee this morning? Like you'd have done that before. Why not now? Mm, yeah, I like that a lot too. I love that you actually called it the water cooler. That's great. We have a, we have a channel called general, which is like for general business conversation. We have a channel for, that's called water cooler. That's for all of that stuff. What does that yeah. do? That makes it, okay. Mm-hmm. It gives people a place. It gives us a place to laugh. I'm just going to open it right now and uh, see if I can find something from yesterday. Yeah. So yesterday I read something that talked about the, the uh, origin of St. Patrick's Day and I put it in there. But there was this other thing that was put in there. Someone put in a video of cows walking down 
the free a freeway an interstate in indiana and of course they thought that was funny because it was indiana and because i'm a farm boy even though it was more pigs than cows and so this video goes in there and there's this laughter and there's this other conversation and then there's someone telling a story it's the Mm -hmm. kind of stuff that would have happened in the water cooler and and does that change how we feel about each other and interact with each other and does that make it easier for me to reach out to barb now because i just saw her doing that absolutely 100 right and real life side effect of that real life example right and that's exactly what we talked about in the water cooler yesterday some days there's a lot some days there's none doesn't matter yeah well a good side effect of that is it keeps that kind of stuff out of business channels too right Uh, because i know that's a frustration for some people is when people try to post videos like that and it's like gets everything off topic so i love having that in its own lane, right? I think that's really great. Now you've got some people that care less about that than others. That's okay, right? But but people can segment it. And some people I know on the team only, only look at that like once or twice a day, unless they see, you know, there's 17 messages there. Then say, probably I'm going to go check it out, see what's going on. But for the most part, now people can use that as a way they can still value it, but not have to go there and have it immediately be an, immediately be an inter- interaction interruption. Sure, sure. Oh, that's that's really good. That's another great tip that almost anybody could implement. You know, with that, you're talking about Slack and you mentioned Microsoft Teams and shooting a note over text message with Zoom, all these different, we've got these different channels uh, for communication. Do you feel like there's potential for an overload there? Are there things that people should and shouldn't do? You know, should you never be in this water cooler mode over email or, or do you have any rules like that? We, we do have some rules, but first of all, I have some thoughts for you all. And that is that here's the thing. We've got a bunch of tools, right? You mentioned some of them, you know, whatever your web platform channel uh, is, whether it's zoom or go to meeting or whatever, like you got that and you've got yeah. teams or Slack. So that's, an, that, and that's integrated, right? Where you can go, you can go from text to, to uh, a video pretty quickly and you've got email and you've got text messages and don't forget your phone. We got all these things, right? So here's the thing. We got a bunch of tools and just like any other toolbox, we should use the tools for the right purpose. So at my farm, I probably have 20 hammers. Hmm. I haven't counted. I probably have 10 in my garage at my house, but if I'm at the farm, I've got probably 20 20 hammers. If I want to put a nail in a wall, I don't pull out the sledgehammer. (laughs) Even if I love that sledgehammer, it was my dad's sledgehammer. I have fond memories of that sledgehammer. See, here's the thing. Some people want to use email because it's their favorite. Mm. Well, it's the one I'm comfortable with. It's the one I like. It's the one I know. I'm going to use email. No, use the right tool for the job. Mm. So the thing is this, communication is message sent and message received. The question for me is, what's the best way to get my message received, Mm. right? So now I'm starting with which tool rather than, oh, I'll send them an email. And so conscious, intentional, proactive words we've been talking about. Uh, and so, uh, so there's a, there's a general concept. And then I think that as organizations, you can have some boundaries, expectations, right? So here are a couple of ours. One of those is that we have decided what kinds of things we do in Slack and what kinds of things we do in email, because some things are easier in one than in the other. Like if mm. things need to have a, a longer tail history to them, they're better off in email. They're easier to be mm. held on to right? They're easier to, to, to go back and find in many cases. So if it's a longer message, Slack may not be the best way to do that. Email may be the best way to do that. So, you know, think about, I mean, we have some rules, but it's better for you to figure out what your rules 
should be. Here's another, another rule. If, if you've ever been in an email, and, and Ryan, everyone who's listening is going to say yes to this. Have you ever been in an email exchange three or four messages in and it's going sideways at best? Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> it's, getting, it's getting confusing. It's getting frustrating. Conflict is growing. There's miscommunication and misunderstanding and hard feelings. Like you've been there, right? Yeah. So the rule yeah. in our team is three, three emails. After three emails, time for somebody to pick up the phone. Yes, I love that better tool for that task. Emails are great for many things. Sledgehammer is great for some stuff. Email is not so good for a true conversation. Mm. We need to pick up the phone, turn on our webcams instead. Yeah. I love that. I think that should be a really good encouragement for people to kind of expand that, that toolkit a little bit. Um, So that's, that's really great. Um, You know, I know one of the things that remote teams struggle with, or specifically leaders of remote teams, there's this fear that, my, my team's not going to be as productive. They're going to be distracted. They're not going to be able to get as much stuff done. How do you manage productivity on a remote team? Well, first of all, you're right. There's different distractions, right? There's some, some distractions that, uh, that don't exist anymore, like people popping over your cubicle wall. Um, you don't have that one anymore. But now you have right. your children, right? Now you have the television and we could go right down the list. So here you get the barking dog, whatever. Here's the thing. Uh, I actually love the way you framed the question because I think you framed the question correctly, but many leaders are thinking about it differently than that. Okay. Because you framed the question as, are they getting things done? Mm. Which is the right way to frame it. The way that most people frame it is, what are they doing? Mm, sure. There's a difference between activity and accomplishment. Yeah. So like, I actually think you're in pretty good shape if you're framing it the way, Ryan, the way you asked it, which is, how do I make sure they're getting things done? Well, you should have ways to track that already. Like if they do this report once a month, is the report done, right? If right. they if they have, um, you know, this many calls to make, are they making those calls? Like inherently, unless you were looking over their shoulder in the office, that part's no different. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Right? So the right question is, are they getting things accomplished? The wrong question is, what are they doing or are they busy? Okay. Busy is a dangerous four-letter word. Right. Yeah. Right. And so too many leaders have gone to tracking people's time. I can't understand why, why aren't I called them at 9.05? Why aren't they there? Now, yeah. we want some expectations about if you're going to be away for 30 minutes, maybe you need to let everybody know that or have it change your settings in Slack or Teams or whatever. Like That's fine. That's yeah. different. Right. Right. That's different. Focus on accomplishment. Hmm. If you do, if you do what Ryan, what you asked me, which was how do I ensure that they're getting things done? Chances are the same ways you did before. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, that's good. And, and so maybe we ought to have more frequent and probably do need to have more frequent one-on-ones with our folks than we did before, just so we can see n- not to check up, but to check in, hmm. right? What's working, what's not, where do you need my help? You know, you know, some of that incidental and accidental conversation help grease the skids to get the work done. So if people are finding that they're having trouble getting what they need from others, then we need to talk about that so we can fix that, right? Yeah. yeah. So let me put the shoe on the other foot there for a second. And if I'm a teammate uh, and I realize I can get all my stuff done, in let's say the morning before lunch, uh, I might be a little bit afraid to let people know that because then what if they give me more stuff to do? Well, so I I would say this to, let me flip that back around for a second for leaders. Um, Like that's what you should be worried about, right? Are they getting the work done and getting the done work done at the quality level that you need? And quite honestly, if they're getting that done, then, then there's a, the value exchange of what you're paying them is, should be good, right? 
Now, yeah. if they really are getting it done in four hours, maybe we should give them more work. But on the other hand, at some level, we shouldn't care if they're truly getting it done, right? If you think about it from a value exchange, I'm paying you this many dollars to get this quantity of work back. And if the quantity right. I'm getting back is, is excellent and is meeting all of, the, all of the expectations, then awesome, right? Now, so there's, there's that. The, the second thing is what happens when people are working remotely, Ryan, is they become more insular and isolated. So people may be getting their work done but they might not still really be doing what is required. So mm. in the book, we talk about what is your job and people start to think about their job equals their work. Mm. And maybe someone's getting their work done in four hours by lunchtime right. to your point. Sure. But their job is really their work plus the teamwork, mm. right? Are they contributing? Are they collaborating? Are they, you know, all of those other pieces. So part of that could be, are people really delivering on the full job expectation. Mm -hmm. um, that's part of it. The other thing about what you said is finishing by lunch. If they decide to start at 5 a.m. and finish by lunch, and if they're not in a customer-facing job, why should we care? Right. As long as we know. So if I try to reach out to you at 3 p.m., I know I may not, gonna, may not get you. And if that's, if that's okay, then we're okay. Now, let's go back to where you started before I took this little rant here um, about the teammate, mm -hmm. right? Well, I, I think I would challenge you with what I just said. Are you framing your job correctly? Hmm. Are you really getting everything done? Or are you only getting the urgent things done? Um, does that give you space and time to think about how you could su support the greater team? Does this give you time to think about how you can further your career? Does this give you time to think about how you might take on a project? Um, and Because quite honestly, better off to be proactive to say, hey, boss, I've got a little time than to mm. have them find out and then give you what you might not want. Yeah. I mean, let's just, let's just get really personal about that. Like take control of that. Mm. If you're really getting everything done and you truly care about this work and then, then the thing to do is how do I use that discretionary time now to help the team, help my career or, or, or craft the new stuff I want rather than try to hide the fact that I might get something. Sure. Yeah. That makes sense. I like that. So, okay. I, I don't want us to get, uh, too too uh, close to time here before we talk a lot more about the book itself. I know we've been talking about the concepts, but I want to make sure we talk about it. It's the long distance teammate. Uh, the subtitle is "Stay Engaged and Connected While Working Anywhere." Um, so, you know, I, like I said, we've been talking about these concepts, but share a few things from the book that uh, maybe you are the most proud of that we haven't already covered. So Ryan, when you talk about someone's book, it's like talking about their kid. You don't really want to ask me that question about what are the parts I'm proud of uh, because there's a lot of stuff, but I, I'll say this, that, you know, you mentioned the sub, the subtitle, stay engaged and connected. And we've talked a lot about connected. We haven't talked as much about engaged. Okay. And so, uh, well, we have in a backhanded way, but you know, that word engagement, you know, I know I'm talking to, I'm talking to my peers here as other leaders and, and you may be thinking, well, there's a lot of people like you, Kevin, a lot of consultants and coaches and all those kinds of people that are saying you need to engage your teams. You need to, you know, employee engagement and all that stuff. Well, the, here's the idea of this book. Engagement isn't something that's done to people. Engagement is something that we choose. Mm. Now, as leaders, there's lots of things we can do to improve mm -hmm. the likelihood that people will stay engaged. But engagement right. at the end of the day is, do I care? Will I, will I give discretionary effort? Mm. Does this matter to me? Mm -hmm. And so our message in the book is um, figure out why, that, why that's true. 
And that when you make the decision to be engaged, the rest of this will be easier because you'll want to do it. Hmm. So it really starts with the mindset that with that mindset. And, uh, and I think that's an important part of the book that we really hadn't talked about. There's a, tr- there, there are all sorts of chapters in the book, right. About things like what's your role in a meeting when you're not the leader uh, of a virtual meeting and like, hmm. and like, how do we build trust? And, and even, even how do we be ethically visible? How do we, how do we be seen so that we can perhaps get promoted or get new opportunities without looking like, you know, that guy. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so we talk about that. And I think that phrase ethical visibility is an important one that as far as I know we created. And uh, I think is super important, especially in a, in a virtual working world. Um, so, so, so the book really gets at what do I do day to day to be more practical, to, to be practical, to help me be a better teammate? Mm-hmm. Um, how do I build my career as a remote teammate? And, and how do I take care of myself mm-hmm. when I'm working remotely as well? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you mentioned earlier talking about, um, just kind of the water cooler talk uh, and we were talking about giving permission and expectations and just how the leader really sets the tone for that kind of stuff. And I imagine you would agree that the leader really sets the tone, not just in that area, but in all the areas. Right. And so if you are a leader of a team, how do you recognize the spots where you are not setting the right tone uh, you kind of your blind spots. How how should a leader approach that? Well, the first thing a leader should do is ask their team. Hey, I'll be very specific right now. Like, you know, we're 10 months, 11 months, 12 months, whatever, into this pandemic thing. How's it going? How am I doing? What do you need from me that I'm not giving you? Right. Like, so first of all, hopefully you really want that feedback. Now, mm-hmm. if you don't want it, you probably better not ask. And by the way, <laughs> if you really don't want it, and when you do ask, you won't get anything anyway, because they're afraid to right. answer. But if you really do want it and they don't answer, then that's a clue, a blind spot in and of itself, Hmm. right? Uh, That you're, if you're not getting any one way or the other, then they're likely, it's not that they don't have an opinion. I'll just say Hmm. that. Yeah. Uh, And and it could be, you're doing great, but you want to hear that too. You know, the word feedback, everyone wants to think about feedback as, uh, oh, SpaghettiO kind of word, right? But the reality is (laughs) you smiled, you remember those commercials, Um, but uh, the reality is feedback is both positive and negative, and we should want to hear both. We don't want a blind spot about what we're doing well any more than we want a blind spot about where we're missing. So yeah. I think one of the things is, you know, we can work to be more self-aware and all of the research about human behavior says we aren't all that self-aware, some right, more than others, right. but we could get better at this. We have blind spots by definition. Mm-hmm. And, and so we need to, we've got to get an outside perspective you know, we can, we can get an external coach and we do some of that work and that's fine, but that person doesn't see everything that your team sees, right? right? We can ask our spouses or our close friends and those people will have insights that will be helpful, but they're not going to see all the same things. At some level, how we're leading can only come from getting that feedback from our teams, whether we're doing that by asking them and trying to get them to tell us, whether we're getting that by having um, by having someone else come in and facilitate conversation so that it can be delivered to you separately, uh, or you're doing an anonymous 360 uh, uh, assessments, anything like that. But the short answer is we got to ask them. Hmm. Yeah. How am I doing? Where am I screwing up? What, what do we need to do differently? What, what specifically right now, what about this remote stuff is getting in our way? What's mm, frustrating you? How can I help? Mm, that's good. Yeah, I, I like these specific questions that you're given uh, examples of right now. I, I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but very specific questions 
ought to really help because it it kind of gives people a field to play in. Is that accurate? It makes it it makes it when we ask really vague questions, we get really vague answers if we get anything at all. Mm-hmm. And if people are unsure about whether they should answer or not, if we've asked a more specific question, it's easier for them to answer and it's easier for them to feel safe in answering. Hmm. That's really good. That's really good. Well, so you've got the long distance teammate. We also mentioned the long distance leader. What would you say for the leaders, business owners, whoever's listening to this, uh, how should they use these books with their teams? Well, they should buy both for themselves and a copy of, of teammate for everybody on the team. Uh, I mean, obviously I'm saying that because I'd like for you to all buy books, but I would say I really, at some level, I believe that. Um, the long distance leader has been out for two years and um, you know, we, we tried to make connections between them, but yet, I mean, there are connections. Like we use the same couple of the same models are used mm-hmm. in both books and all that sort of stuff. So they're going to help speak the same language. Uh, but, but I would really say that as a leader, um, think about where your current challenges are. And, and, you know, if you're going to pick one, pick the one that you think based on this conversation, you think would, would fit for you. If everything we've been talking about resonates, know that we've, we talked about it in the teammate book from the teammate perspective. There's only one chapter in the long distance teammate that's specifically for you as a leader. Um, so, so maybe you want to start with the long distance leader. A lot of organizations that we're working with, whether they're buying books or not, right. right. Are, are really thinking about this in two tracks. The, the, the leader's piece and the teammates piece. And in some cases, some of the, the learning is, is, is with the groups together, which I think is appropriate, but there, there are different hats, right? And so think about which hat is going to be most helpful for you. And that's probably where I'd start. Mm, no, that's great. Well, as we kind of wrap things up here, I also want you to tell us about uh, the Remote Leadership Institute and how that might be beneficial for people listening. Well, we created the Remote Leadership Institute a number of years ago. So my co-author in both of these books, Wayne Termel, had a, a business called Meet Like You Mean It and was one of the forerunners and early experts in the areas of virtual communication, virtual presentation skills, uh, and those sorts of things. And and he and he and I together, we created the Remote Leadership Institute, remoteleadershipinstitute.com. Uh, and then, uh, like the like the old commercials for uh, the Razor Company, I liked the, I liked it so much. I bought the company. I bought Wayne's company. We folded it in his work into our organization, which then later led to these two books that we've talked about. So there's. Tremendous amount of research uh, resources, free and otherwise, for leaders and team members all around remote leadership and remote work at remoteleadershipinstitute.com. And there's sites for both of the books where you can learn more, get sample chapters and such. Um, longdistanceleaderbook.com and longdistanceteammate.com. Pretty simple to find okay. those. Yeah. Well, and I'll put all that in the show notes too. So if you're listening to this, just uh, scroll down and you should find all those links there. Uh, Kevin, if there's Anything else, like uh, just any way that people can connect with with you, learn more about what you do, uh, or even check out some of the different services you offer, um, anywhere else that they should go for that? Well, thanks. First of all, thanks for asking that, Ryan. And and, and if you can spell my name, and if you can go to the show notes and you can definitely spell it, um, you can find me. And, and so the the main part of our company, the Kevin Eikenberry group can be found at kevineikenberry.com. Um, but, pro- and so you can certainly find out about all of the resources and all the various parts of our business, both new and frontline leader stuff around from bud to boss, uh, all of the remote stuff, uh, all of the sort of more, more, um, a general leadership, leadership coaching, all of those services, as well as we have a, um, a disc assessment business. And so for, 
teams and individuals to understand their communication styles and strategies better. We have all of that stuff. You can find all that at kevinigenberry.com. But if you want to connect with me, quite honestly, LinkedIn is probably as good as anything. And so yeah. just go find me on LinkedIn and say, hey, I, um, I heard you talking with Ryan. I'd love to be connected. And I would love to be connected with you and, uh, and answer any questions that you have there. Oh, well, that's great. So you're telling me that kevinigenberry.com was not taken or did you have to fight pretty hard for that one? No, I bought it a long time ago and I bought my children uh, their their domains when they were little. It's like oh, real that's estate. That's a great idea. Right? Um, yeah. So if you, ha- if you have a name that isn't completely normal and you have children, go buy their domains. You can park them. And then if they ever want them, they've got them. Wow. That's a, that is a great little uh, bonus tidbit for this podcast. That's awesome. Well, Kevin, thanks so much for for being on. I've appreciated it. And I think out of all the conversations that I've had uh, over Zoom here as I've been interviewing different people, I don't think I've ever um, come up with so many questions that I didn't have prepared ahead of time just because the the conversation was so applicable to where we're at. And and I was just, uh, my brain was firing and saying, oh, I know leaders are going to want to know this. They're going to ask this. Team members are going to think this. And so I just appreciate your um, depth of knowledge on the subject. And obviously you've got um, some history and experience with it. So again, just thank you for, for coming on and having the conversation. Well, well, thanks for that feedback, Ryan. I appreciate that. And, and I'll just say that if, if you're, if as a listener, your synapses were firing with different things, that's where you can, when you reach out, ask us those questions, we'll help any way we can. Thanks so much for having me, Ryan. It was an absolute pleasure. Well, thank you for being here. Uh, Kevin, I can bury the long distance teammate. Go check it out. Again, links in the show notes. And thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening today to the Invincible Teams podcast. Please consider giving us a rating and a review on whatever podcast platform you are currently using. If you think today's content might be useful for someone you know, please consider sharing it with them. Just a reminder that the Invincible Teams podcast is brought to you by Evergreen. Evergreen provides teamwork training and consulting to help you eliminate office drama and turnover and help you get the most out of your team. Thanks again for listening. And like we always say, we believe that every team should reach their potential and that if we get intentional, our teams can become invincible. See you next time.